Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Loose Change podcast. We got Tyler, we got Braden, we got Stuart. Little note off the top, we are going to be missing Kai this week as he's at a podcast conference, actually. He flew out to, what was it? I think Southern Asia. He's in there with a podcast Dubai. conference. Dubai, is it? That's what I remember hearing. So Kai's at Dubai for the podcast conference, hoping to get us some advertisements. That's why you haven't seen any yet in episode one or two, but that's where he is. So we'll make do without him. But yeah, welcome to episode two of the Loose Change Podcast. Thanks for coming in, everybody. Um, as we like to do, we just jump right into it. And let's start with the playoff format. A lot of conversation lately on hockey Twitter, hockey Instagram about the playoff format. What should be the best? What is the best? And why does the one that we have fucking blow? Braden has an interesting idea. It's it one for 16. Done. One for 16? Well, okay. So if we're making no change, well, obviously no changes. If we're making a change, like within the realm of possibility and like what's realistic is that to me it should be 116 i know that even that's probably pushing the uh the nhl's bounds of realism and uh possibility and the realistic thing that the nhl would do would just be to put it to a 1v8 and keep it as eastern and western like why is it not realistic for the nhl to do that one one through 16 i I get why they don't want to do one versus 16 just because of travel right like you're gonna have again you know, to just take a classic example is like, you know, Detroit, Colorado, right? Those are two different time, completely yeah. different time zones. Like that's a lot of travel for like a first round too. I could see a lot of teams being upset if they had a matchup like that, or, you know, um, to take it to extremes. Let's say it's like Vancouver, Florida in the first round. Like that's a very long distance to me. It doesn't matter. And you just do an extra day off in between, like who gets a, you know, yeah, there's ways to beat around that but so why is it good then so like there's reasons why it's bad why is it so appealing to have a one through well, 16 I another, format i think another reason why it's bad even is kind of maybe even viewership like if you're like as an ease like a, i'm a penguins fan so if a penguin team goes up against a west coast team i'm not gonna be able to watch like if i'm working the next morning at seven in the morning it's a lot harder to watch the games being in the eastern timeline starting at seven where mm-hmm. at least I know for the first three rounds of the playoffs if my team's That's going true. all the way through it's you always at seven at home Right, you could still play with that, I, I, and I think that speaks to a bigger problem with the NHL and just their scheduling. You know, we saw it in the bubble; they should do it again. They managed to do bubble games where, you know, Western Conference team would start at one o'clock Pacific. That's four o'clock Eastern. Done, like do it. Done, like obviously your weekdays are going to be worse for viewership, um, and you fudge that as much as you can. But uh, I, I, I think you still do it. And, you know, to me, the crux of it, of why you should do one versus 16 is that it's the best teams in the league make it and the best teams make it like it's none of this, you know, even with the conference stuff, you can have a team in, you know, let's say the um, ninth or 10th place team in the Eastern conference has more points than the, you know, sixth place team in the Western conference. It's not right. weird. Right. That Even when you're then, looking at the NHL standings, like you see, oh, the team that finished 15th some years doesn't make it, but the team that finished 18th does. That is yeah, odd. That doesn't make sense. And oh. I guess the larger point, Tyler, I think you're alluding to with me and what I think we should do is that it shouldn't be 16 teams. You know, 50% of the league making the cut. That's ridiculous. Like that is too many teams. And again, like they'll never cut that because it's so much money that you lose from TV deals and uh, viewership and just advertisements but it's it, it's too much uh, it's too many teams as is like i saw that they're discussing a playoff game or a, pl- a play-in round and it's like really mm. we're gonna let even more teams into the playoffs we're gonna let 18 well what do you think like Stuart, you're a basketball fan you've seen the play-in work for was it a year now two years this is the second year for it's the play-in the third year i third think year? but second year of like the format that they've used on back-to-back years now they've, how like, would you think what did you what would you think of uh, a play-in format for the nhl uh i don't i don't love it to be honest like for the nba i guess it works a little bit better because i guess it's easy for like it's there's like less people like your starting lineup has five guys in it we're in an nhl game like a lot of the guys are playing a lot more minutes than the bench guys play in the uh, like in the nba so i think that kind of factors into like the nba games like you can just put your starting five out for 48 minutes right and they can take over and win you that game and get you in the playoffs but you're not really doing that in the nhl like i don't think that really works like you can put your first sign out for half an hour but they're getting gas they're getting they're going to be 
kicked at the end of the game. And that's why NHL has like, you know, best of seven series. It's like the most random yeah. sport. You make it a best of one, that'll go badly, you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I don't know. I don't think it'd be as exciting as it would be in the NBA. I just don't oh. think there's... I was just gonna say that as much of a chance for it too, right? Like you yeah. have to keep it at seven. Like I could see five, maybe. Like I'd be okay with, um, just because you want a large enough sample size to determine who the better team in the series is, and like not just being luck. But, um, you know, five to I, I do think seven's the perfect amount. But that being said, like, you know, I, I I know hockey the best. Like I'm just thinking other sports. How many teams make it in the MLB to the postseason? It's not 16. not a lot. That's way different. It's um six. Because it's per, top of the division, five right? Per? Yeah, so there's three divisions on each side. So there's the winner of each three, and then there's the wild card. So there's only 10 teams that make it out of the 30. So, yeah. But uh, the baseball playoffs don't get as many viewers as basketball and hockey playoffs because hockey and basketball playoffs have way more games. And that's well, why you have the expanded playoffs, right? Too, right, like it's a bit of a different... There's so many other reasons, I guess, that we can attribute that to. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm sick of the current format as a Leafs fan. We have to play Tampa or Boston or Florida every single year since it started. And for, it seems like forever it's going to be because these teams will never get bad. And people will say, oh, this is Leafs fan complaining. It's like, no, it's an objectively bad thing. There's no excuse that the number one team in the entire league should be going up against number two. Or yeah. one versus three or two v three. That makes no sense. That has to be in the finals. Like, just be objective. There's no reason that yeah, exactly. Like just from an objectivity like standpoint, there's no reason that the first place team should be playing the second place team in the first round. I think at some point, yes, scheduling important. Time zones are important, as you guys brought up, but like competition matters. And this is the playoffs for the fucking Stanley Cup. Like I I want it to be the most fair and that's why i like your idea of one through 16 the most if you're talking about competition we can figure out the scheduling you put one first 16 that's the most fair way i think about mm-hmm. going from where we are now to where we can go and like a very easy transition we should do that one through 16 loose change podcast we uh we recommend it we stand by it i think the only like going back to like even like bringing in a play-in tournament, I think the only argument you can really make for bringing it in for the NHL is like what Montreal did last year. Is they weren't supposed to like make the playoffs technically, then they end up having a Cinderella run to the finals. Well, that's but... the other thing. Is like as much as like I'm going, less teams should make the playoffs. Like I like the idea of a play-in tournament at the same time because the NHL needs more attention. You know, you'd watch it. People it'd in. be fun. Well, it becomes more of an event, right? We'd like, make a podcast of, about it. We we mentioned baseball already like the wild card series is insane in baseball oh yeah, yeah it's so it's so it's super interesting win like you know we all remember edwin's homer in the walk off or in the uh to walk off right for the wild card like that's to get into the first round Man. and that's a sports moment ingrained in every toronto sports fans well you know memory did you even see the celebrations that like the timberwolves players had this season i saw like, just to make it into the playoffs that. yeah oh they were getting clowned on but they're it just popping champagne that and stuff. That, were they getting? Oh that no! Hyped? Like they were like jumping off on like the scorers bench and like cheering, like pumping up the crowd and everything. Oh, really? it was, like, First time the they've made the playoffs in like years. Yeah, like it's been fine. a long like, time. Are but... you gonna Are you gonna moan at Sabres fans when they finally make the playoffs for the first time in like twenty years? No, like you're no. Well, I hope they throw happy. beers all over the ice. The yeah, hats who cares if you get bounced in the first round? No, I'd be. It'd be all yeah. Great, you deserve to cheer. That's why your child on the ice. Like have fun. The Timberwolves celebration, I thought was like they were getting made fun of but i thought it was cool like they they haven't had the playoffs in so long they just won this play-in game to get in there yeah let them celebrate like yeah let the teams go wild i think i might be team playing like get let's get a play in let's do the one through 16 and i like the argument of like hey if you don't want want to avoid the play-in uh make it into the top 14 or top six in each conference then the thing it does for the nba is it makes the end of the regular season way more interesting like, at this point, like, in the East, we've known the playoff team since, like, December. Right. Like, the Islanders were never going to make it in the East. Well, like, they had such a low chance. And every other team we knew. So, it didn't even matter in the East. It's just seeding within those teams. But, like, for the play-in, like, there's some NBA teams that come down, like, the last, like, two or three games to get into the play-in to give yourself a chance to get into the playoffs. And those fans are still watching those games excited, like, wanting to check those out because their team could still get there and get there in the end. Well, to me... <laughs> And then again, this is something that the NHL will never do, but reduce the season. 
Yeah, I, I kind I of think, agree with that. I think 82 games is too long. You They'll know? never do it, like everyone says, because of money and TV deals. But would it not be best for the product? It it would keep you more involved. Part of me, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, uh, we'll never see, like, you know, we'll never see a 60-goal season. A 60? If you reduce the season down to, like, I don't know, let's say oh, 70 games, 65 yeah, okay. games. Sure. Like, I think 65, in all honesty, would be, like, the perfect, like, my interest has peaked throughout the entire season. It keeps things exciting, and it, like, it's a really tight race the whole time. But that comes at the expense of, like, yeah, you'll never see, fuck, even a 50-goal season becomes incredibly rare if you put it down to 65 games, right? Yeah. Um, which. I mean, it's been uh, an 82 for how long now? It's been, like, decades. Yeah, so right. And that's maybe the thing they like, just leave it, but. It, that It's leave it at this point, because who cares? Like, maybe by some miracle they bring it down, you know, from. 82 to 75 i'll tell you what if it came down to this if it came down to what nba is doing and they're load managing all their stars like 30 games a year then i'd say bring down the regular season but thank god the sport we watch isn't like that where the stars will actually show up and put on a show for the kids that went to the game 82 times a year plus playoffs i disagree you disagree about what you want the stars to load manage yes all right, no, here's a take. <laughs> Stuart? Playoff <laughs> hockey. Playoff hockey <laughs> no, is the don't. worst. Playoff hockey is the worst hockey that we see all year. It's exciting, but it's also like just terrible. And you go, ooh, bro, what the hell are you talking about? They don't load manage. And then that's why you get guys going into round one with their bodies completely ravaged, right? You think Patrice Bergeron, right? Like that year that he had the punctured lung and the broken whatever, like broken rib, like this, that. You think that happened in game one of the playoffs? No. He'd been dealing with that for a couple weeks for sure before the playoffs even started. And it was, I'm pushing through. I got to make it. And then keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. It's bullshit. It's not good for the players. And it really hurts the talent on the ice. So to me, you know, load management's only going to lead to better product in the playoffs because those players are going to be in a healthier point and be able to perform closer to what their peak performance is so if science dictated that it would be optimal for your vancouver canucks or let's make it the edmonton oilers the edmonton oilers to have mcdavid only play 52 out of 82 games a year let's say they could do that they could make the playoffs that way you would want that to happen well that's the other thing i was going to say is that it depends on your team um okay tampa bay they did it. Call it load management. Call it shop, cap shenanigans. Right. Yeah. Keeping yeah, Kucherov out ten weeks was pretty much load. The player needs the surgery. That's Kucherov. not really load management, though. Yeah. Sure, Kucherov being same, out the though. whole season is not load management sure. because he needed the surgery. He has no load to manage. He's not playing. <laughs> he didn't have to get the surgery. They said, ah, "Okay, you take it. <laughs> We're gonna save up all this cap and oh." Ah, uh, you could take another two weeks just to make sure you're feeling really good before you come back. Yeah, but that's enough. that's just them being smart. Yeah, I mean it's different. That was you them know what I mean by load management. It means right? like, like they're gonna sit Matthews on every back to back is what load management means. That's what they did with Kawhi Leonard in Toronto, and I don't want that to happen because well, I want to go to the game on the back to back, and I want to see Matthews play. The Oilers have to play McDavid every game. Why? Because they have a shitty management, and they haven't built a strong enough team for them to make it. So McDavid's going to be out there every night. The Leafs? Do you really care if, Mc, if Matthews is out one game a week for like the last month? This goes against your whole it, like outlaw no, records. I, if you want 60 goals in a season, you want him to play. Well, I, well, and then that's the thing. It's like, again, do teams allow the player to play for that to get the record? I think they do. Like, you know, in going into those records too, I think that teams in the NHL, especially the NHL, put way too much onus on like, oh, we have to keep the record going. The only reason Keith Yandel's been in the NHL for the last two years is because of the Iron Man streak. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, like the validity of that record means nothing because he hasn't been an NHL player for the last two years. And the only reason he kept playing was, oh, let's see the number keep going up. Let's see it. He's not good enough to make it. The play, like the award should be the, you know, the award or the record should go to the guy who played at the NHL for however many games in a row at an NHL level. Well, that's fair. The guy next to him is Phil, and like to me, he doesn't. Phil Castle yeah, is kind of, still an NHL player. He oh, doesn't yeah. yeah, but, much, but he's still a playmaker. He can play like he's a top twelve forward on any team in the NHL. But he bent it a little bit too because he played 
he the starting shift in the game and then left this season to go get the birth of his child. Like yeah, that's that's happen. the same thing. That's still <laughs> bending the rule. That's cheating. Like he's he didn't play the game. He played for two seconds and then got he off the ice and went the to rules. the dressing room. We're not taking away Tampa Bay's Stanley Cup. He's allowed to keep that record, Stuart. Why are you taking away things from our favorite player, Phil Kessel? I love Phil Kessel. Don't get me wrong. Who but... doesn't? He is the man. And then remember, what was it? Both the Penguins and the Flyers and whoever. Yeah, the Panthers, when Yandel was on them last year, like they all had major COVID outbreaks. Yet somehow, Phil and Yandel both didn't get COVID. Yeah, I mean that's interesting, eh? Are you are you doing? Oh, I, didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Little COVID conspiracies. And they had it. Over eighty-five percent of the league has COVID, except for the two most long-standing Ironman streaks. That's interesting. Yeah, like I don't know, but <laughs> coming back for false circle. Wait, now that we've said COVID so many times, our podcast is get flagged with one of those information things. Uh, learn um, about COVID. Come to Loose Change real. Pod to learn about COVID. All right, on to which teams have the most pressure on them to succeed in round one. I think it's easy to talk about Toronto, and if we start there, we might just go on a tangent. So we'll leave them out of it for now. Obviously, Toronto has a lot of pressure on them to win the round one. Which other teams or players do you think have a fuck ton of pressure that they need to win this round, or else they are out of here? All of them. All of them? What a take. The playoffs, you win. No, but like, um, you think Pittsburgh? What that they blow it up if they don't get out of the first? Yeah, well, the last oh God, it's been so long since they've won a first round series with having Crosby and Malkin on your team, and they're just getting older. Three like Sid's obviously Cubs. still playing unbelievable, but yeah, he's still getting older. Like it's gonna hit a point where he's not gonna be able to do that anymore. You have such a smaller window now, and Pittsburgh has no prospect pool. How you old gotta is start Sydney? Winning now, 37? 34. Oh, okay. I'm way off. My favorite yeah, conspiracy 34. is that he's going to leave to go to the Abs to play with his best friend McKinnon. <laughs> <laughs> no, McKinnon's going to leave to come to Pittsburgh. That's what I dream for. Well, Evgeny Malkin is an FA at the end of the year. If Does he walk, if the Penguins lose, so. you got to assume they start looking at maybe not bringing them back, right? Man, though, if you're the From Penguins, what I've like, underst- yeah, I'd be so mad. Just not even him walking, but like. Just imagine you're at Pittsburgh. You don't make the first round, and Malkin walks. You don't even trade him. You don't get anything for Evgeny fucking Malkin. And if he's gone, then like, sorry. From what I understand, the rebuild. Yeah, from what you understand. From what I understand, he uh he wants to sign in Pittsburgh again, and he's like said like, I think his agent has said something about like he's willing to take like a discount. Yeah, to stay and keep playing in Pittsburgh. I the person I'm scared of leaving is Tang. I honestly think he might be gone. I, I think, like, I think he agents? might leave in free agency. Yeah. Him, Malkin, and Rust are all free agents. On top of, I guess, you can count Raquel on that list now, too, because he's also a UFA. And I think I the Penguins... Tang walk of that group, for sure. Because you, you let him space. walk? He needs space. He's it depends on injured. what it's you can like get Pittsburgh the other guys for. Bad defense, and they always have, that, like... That hurts to lose your number one guy. And, like, who's the next best, like, UFA, you know, who's the next best defenseman that's on the market that's the right shot? There's never many right-handed defensemen on the market. Right? Like, maybe they bring back their right side of Erica Branson, Jack Johnson, and uh, Cody Ceci. Um, sure would love that. I mean, Cody Ceci. I'd love Cody Ceci back, to be honest. He was unreal the year he played for Pittsburgh. I couldn't believe watching, like, watching that. I was happy when he was on the ice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Cody Cece's team to make the playoffs too. Not because of Cody Cece, but because of the, or you know, make it past round one. Or yeah, sorry, make it yeah, make it past round one. Cece, obviously, because he's a superstar, but also what their names: McDavid, Drysaitel, those two. And they're going up. It looks like it's going to be Vegas that they go up against two in the first round. Well, from what I was reading from Dom's model, I was studying it up for the podcast. Looks like it's a sixty-five percent chance of LA and thirty-five percent chance of Vegas. In I don't see it with LA. I, they've been on a bit of a streak. That'd be so boring. Out. I can't see LA like keeping it up. We re- as a fan, we you have really to cheer want for Vegas LA. to get in, or Vegas. I you have Vegas to cheer to for Vegas. In. I want, yeah. I want them to win it all, just to make people even angrier with cap stuff. 
that'd be quite the year to win it all when they're on the brink of the playoffs the whole year by circumventing the cap they come in with a hundred million dollar payroll and then just steamroll everyone in the playoffs that actually might bring change yeah I want to see both things happen. I want to see them miss it because they circumvented the cap, but then also if they come in with like the million dollar roster and then just blow everyone out of the water, (laughs) like, come on, then a rule might actually get, get, get changed. Don't you want to just see the egg daddy just come in, lift the cup after having been all that shit he dealt with in Buffalo. McDavid recycle. I do. do. Eichel was the better graphic if he beats McDavid. That'd be so good. A McEichel series. That'd be amazing. Okay. So like, let's say that happens and then Vegas wins it. Edmonton. Like you're in shambles. Like I'm sorry. That's how many years with McDavid just wasted. Now I but feel I so. Think- that's a lot of pressure. They need to win at least this one round as badly as Toronto does. Not as badly, but almost as badly as Toronto does. I think just as badly. McDavid's gonna ask for a trade like tomorrow. It's like, pretty. It, it's pretty close, if not the same. I know from inside sources. And I'm not joking. Like I'm serious when I say inside sources. That is they right. Very change t- podcast. It's inside sources. Mm-hmm. Is this breaking news? Mm-hmm. Um, when they first, got, I don't think this is that shocking to anybody though. Like when they first got McDavid, it took them like a long time to uh, convince them. Like, hey, like you're actually going to enjoy playing here. Like that whole first season, like he did not want to be in Edmonton. He wanted to be in Toronto. <sighs> Probably Vancouver, but like he didn't want to be there. And right. eventually they got him to like come around to it. But I, I guess more so my point is if that's what you are like going in, you don't just change after a year or two years being like, oh, I mean, love this place. It's amazing. He hasn't been successful there. So yeah, it's been like six or seven years yeah, since his rookie year. They had that one run. And it was electric. Like that they made the was com- It was the conference finals, right? They lost to, or not conference. Lost yeah, to Vegas. Was it? Not. They won yeah. two rounds. I thought they no, lost. No, they, lost they lost in round two against Anaheim. To Anaheim. Right. Yeah. And then Anaheim right, yeah. against Vegas. Um, I remember Nashville, Winnipeg was supposed to be like the next top two teams for like yeah. the next little bit. Back when PK was on Nashville, <sighs> PK was electric. Anyhow, he was. But um, yeah, no, McDavid's gonna want. And like the other thing too, I don't understand is a how Ken Holland has a job to begin with. But you know, they didn't buy last year. And you remember Holland was like, "Oh, well, some years you have to like go. All oh, this is it. Some years you have to go. Oh, maybe this isn't our year." You have McDavid and Drysdale on your team. Every year you go all in. You should not be drafting in the first round. You while those two players are on your team, yeah. While those two players are on your team, do not draft in the first round. That should be gone every single year. I don't know if he's shy because like that Andreas Anastasiu, Anastasiu, whatever it is, and blah, 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 trade where remember it was two seconds for. Uh, for Anastasio, and then oh, I'm gonna screw he that. He played name up. six games or something. Yeah, six games, and then COVID. NSU? Yeah, whatever. Uh, it is. You nailed he it. Played, like, but... played no games, and then walked after the playoff. Didn't he get injured? Like I don't even know if he played in the playoffs. But then like you traded two seconds for like six games. For yeah, was, what's his name? Rough trade. <laughs> Andreas Anastasio. <laughs> sure. But, Andreas uh, Anastasio. I, I Anastasio. But and I don't know if he's that GM sucks. Shy? So like when McDavid comes up and asks him for a trade, he's gonna he's gonna fumble the bag. He's gonna make it. He's gonna let it happen. That it's why didn't you trade for why didn't you trade for a goalie? How did you come back in with Mike Smith and Koskinen after what happened? Is that what you're referring to? Like that was a shit show last year. The only thing I wonder so is bad. that Koskinen's up at the end of this year. Mike is Smith. He? Is Mike Smith as well? I know Koskinen announced. Oh, yeah, he just I think had a one year. Both are. Yeah. I think they but both are. Billy Huso is due for a new deal, and Bennington still has five years left. Yeah, can St. Louis really afford it? I guess that's a good point. Nope. They can't. And I think St. Louis doesn't really give a shit because for them, it's, you know, we're going to run Huso as long as we can. If he stays hot, we'll yep. take him into the playoffs. And if he's gone after that, well, we have a guy who's won a couple with us before. At this point, if St. Louis can trade assets or get assets for Bennington, I, I think... don't think you get assets for him. And I think they just let Huso walk. They let Huso walk. Yeah, Bennington. St. Hasn't... Louis wouldn't let Huso. No. Yeah, I think so. That's They're, what I'm saying. I there would. I think that they would sooner trade, trade Bennington. Bennington. Edmonton, trade if they whoever whoever messes up in round one. Yeah, but if I'm a GM on. Any other team, I go, or I just don't trade for him, and I wait for your main other, you know, the good guy to walk because you can't pay him. And I think St. Louis is comfortable with that. 
I mean, if I'm a St. Louis Blues fan, which I'm sure we have two to three thousand, as the analytics suggest, mm-hmm. listening right now, that would be rough if they ended up doing that. Do they have any pressure on themselves? They're playing Minnesota. Do any no, of those they want teams a Stanley have Cup. any pressure? Yeah. They want a Stanley Cup. Well, they, I Minnesota think Minnesota pressure? does. Yeah. Absolutely, I think so. Well, well look at their cap off. space starting next season is like screwed, is it not? Because of Prize yeah. and Suter's mm-hmm. buyouts. Not they're screwed like starting next after. season. It's like this year or bust happy. type of thing? Yeah. Yeah, this year, and then it's not for a couple of years, I think, think until they can really go for it again. Yeah. So I wonder if they just trade for like, Hey Shea Weber, like come on down. Hey whoever, become the come new. Come on, yeah. Why not? Yar spot. You're gonna be right there. Go get two more players, and then maybe you're running two players short on your minor league team just for cap reasons, you know, with roster constraints and everything. Um, because you have four contracts just dedicated to. Uh... Do buyouts take up contracts? People who aren't they must not. I don't think so. they must if not. you buy them out. No, if they're on LTIR, then yes. Yes. So then you just bring in. You know, you have two guys on your buyout who don't count against your contract spot, bring in Shea Weber, you know, bring in whoever wants to uh, go on Roby to Island for the year. Yeah, but like you have cap resolve. It's just such a shame. Like there's no way out of it. Like they're screwed with the cap. They're, they can't do anything. Well, but... they could go the LTIR route or like they trade cap resolve. They have to yeah. resign be Fiala built. after this season too. I think Fiala's gone. I've seen Ottawa. He's an RFA right now lot. though. I've seen Ottawa talked about a lot. I think they'll make a push for his rights. So I think uh, they Claude should Giroux just go for in it. Ottawa. That's interesting. But I think many makes it a couple rounds in, but they've got pressure to perform while they still, uh, while they still have cap space. I'm going to bring the converse. Sorry, go ahead. I, I want teams just to start spending off offer sheets just because I was looking at Minnesota's like off or a cap friendly page and, with Fiala being an RFA, why shouldn't Ottawa just send off like a huge offer sheet if they're supposed to be so close to being out of their rebuild? What I mean, they don't have Melnick anymore either, so they could. Is let me bring up the compensation here. That'd be awesome. Like teams need to screw around with other teams more, and not yeah. Toronto. You you can't just pick up another Toronto guy off waivers and call it a day. NHL. Sorry, I'm just bringing up the offer sheet compensation here. Okay. So for AAVs below 1.356 million, there's no compensation. So that's the magic number I want you to keep in mind here. 1.3. Okay. How much would you be willing to pay Matthew uh, Joseph, who the Lightning just traded to the uh, Senators? More than that. I'd give him 2.5 and be pretty happy with him as a third line center. He yeah. signed what 950 after they won the cup last year, coming into this season. I'd give him two million easily. Yeah. Wow. And well, that's my point. It's like, dude, just give him 1.3. Give them that highest tier of, you know, um, no compensation required. And those teams that are cap crunched aren't going to be able to afford to match that. There's a free player. And a Stanley Cup champion player that you took a player off a good team. Like it's a good player probably. And that's what I mean, right? Is screw with the top dog. Yeah, totally. And they don't do it enough. They don't. And it's so stupid. Oh, we won't answer your phone if you offer sheet us. We're not going to call you anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. I'm going to take another player. Fuck you. Like yeah, 30 other teams to talk to in the league, pod. No problem. And, and you're telling me if I give you the best offer, you're not going to take it just because you're being petty because I stole your player? Yeah. Okay. Even you're if I'm giving you the best offer, like, order. okay, yeah. suit yourself. Go explain to your boss, the owner of the team, why you turned down a good deal. 100%. Right? And, like, w- I think we saw a little bit of the pettiness last season with uh, Kakinami and the Canes. Mm-hmm. Was that a good deal for the season? No. Is it nice to see them screw with them? Yeah. It was hilarious. Did Montreal have awesome. any centers left after that? They had Nick Suzuki. And no one. I forgot about that. Yeah. Shout out Carolina. Hey, thanks Carolina for fucking Montreal up. We we love that. Like that screwed that team for the season. Like that really screwed that team for the season. Losing to no and caught Miami in the same offseason. Yeah. I remember they had to trade. Well, I almost like Clayton Keller, not Clayton Keller. They traded for um, Christian Dvorak. Dvorak. Yeah, he's been ass. He's been terrible. Yeah, like nine <laughs> goals this year. Not good. Yeah, like it, it, it's amazing. That's your replacement for uh, Kotkaniemi, which sure I guess with the fact that you paid a first round pick for him. Yeah, I mean you picked Kotkaniemi before Brady Kachuk, so now we yeah. have to think about that. Like, draft by life position, too. right? Don't draft by position. Take best player available. No. It's not tough. 
Dude, Brady could so like Quinn Hughes. What would you pay for Kevin Fiala? Like, if you're like, let's say, like Ottawa or a team looking to send him an offer sheet, like eight point two two one, the compensation is one first, a second, and a third. That's the thing is like, there's those rounds where is an offer sheet worth it or is it worth it just negotiating for a player like that? It's worth it just negotiating because you're gonna get Fiala for less than what an offer sheet's worth. Um, I agree. I think you have to target those like low round ones, like. A couple of years back, Drance of the Athletic was writing about it. I think it was just two years ago. Maybe it was coming into this season. Um, but Kai and I were both big proponents of it. And we were both big fans of it. It was like offer sheet Eric Chernak. It was. It would have cost a second round pick. You'd have a top four defenseman, young. He's twenty three or twenty four now, maybe. Um, young, big right hand shot, strong defensive, can move the puck. Does that sound like the you know the partner that Quinn Hughes would like to have for the rest of his career? Oh, it would have been pick. prime. So yeah. you're so you're saying that if it doesn't cost you a first, you should just be Mac offering up to like whatever that player's worth. Like a f- one first round pick, the most you can pay for is four point one one zero, uh, seven three two. Because not in all cases, obviously, numbers. right? Like yeah, the picks but like the idea thing, is like you but... go. It's the low guys and the really high guys. You don't mess around with any of this middle stuff. You like you well, you offer sheet Marners and you offer sheet. Like Saranax, and that's it. You don't offer sheet Fialas. I guess I'd argue that Sharnax. Really? You don't think so? I I wouldn't offer sheet Fiala. Like, Fiala to me isn't worth the first, the second, and third. Like, just think it. The Ottawa Senators are traded a first, a second, and a third. Yeah, but if the Sens traded a first, a second, and a third for Fiala, you'd be like, what the fuck are they smoking? Yeah, you gotta think about where the Sens are at. Like, I don't know. Like, would the Leafs even trade a first, a second, and a third no. for Fiala? Probably and not. I'd say that they should. He has 73 right? points in 75 games this season, and he's 20, what, 5? 25. You wouldn't offer him, like, 7 by something? Uh, to try to get him. Like, it, what's well, Willie's stat? Like, Willie Nylander's making 6.75. I'd offer that. What's that cost me? A first rounder? I'd do that. But then what can you negotiate uh, with, right? Like, that's your best alternative. The offer sheet's your last resort kind of thing, I guess. Is like, right. if you really want the player and you will do anything for him, like, that's what the most you should pay is, is kind of the way that I look at it. Right? That's I don't think a first, second, and third is that bad for Fiala. I don't know. I don't, I don't watch enough Minnesota. Like, he's great, for sure. And he's I, He scared me in that Canucks-Minnesota series. No doubt. Yeah, so maybe it is worth it. I think that's maybe more of a discussion for the offseason. But fair enough. Minnesota is going to be having those conversations for the next five years after this year, basically. It's just mm-hmm. what do we do? Okay. All right, Tyler, um, do you want to quickly Tyler, you want to quickly throw your like like a minute thoughts on why the Leafs have so much pressure? You said you okay. could you don't want to spend thought. a lot of time on it, but just yeah, I don't quickly go. Hit it. Obviously, the Leafs have pressure because they have lost the first round quite often in the last few years. Every year since 2016, haven't made the first round since 2004. When they do get close, they blow it. If they've had one win away, they are 0-8 in elimination or to win the playoffs since 2004 or something like that. Anyways, they have Matthews and Marner. Marner has like zero goals in his last, I think it's 93 playoff games or something like that. Matthews hasn't scored that much. The, the Leafs have more pressure than everyone else, more so than ever, too, this year, because this is the best they've ever been in my life. So for me, I am putting the most pressure on them, even more than last year, because this is the best team they've had. Regular season just broke the wins record. This is clearly the best player they've ever had in Austin Matthews. If it's not this year, I honestly don't know if it ever will be. And I just don't see how next year I could watch and expect anything different than a loss if they don't do it this year. So the pressure's on them from the fans, the media, and everyone. All right, that was perfect. That was just about a minute. You kind of nailed that. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. All right. So, yeah, that's the teams with the most pressure in round one. Um, I say just as a little thing, because I know I have a buddy – who's listening right now, who is an Islanders fan somehow. I just want to talk Ugh. about for a quick minute how much they suck because they're pretty good, but they how much they're going to suck in the future. 
to be fair, so I know where we're going with this because you guys have our pre-discussions as we're very professional. Sorokin's got a 9.27 save percentage in 38 games played this year, and the Islanders most likely aren't making the playoffs. In their defense, because we do have to say in their defense, they started the season on what, like a 40-game, not 40-game, I don't know, 30-game road trip? It was something, like, yeah, it was, it like was something five. ridiculous. Yeah, like you're not going to do Arizona has to do that next year too, eh? Yeah. But yeah, they're starting on a big Yeah, but that's because they have a 5,000 fan arena. Have yeah. fun, Nick Ritchie. <laughs> but, um... Refill. Even then, like, your goalie has a 927 in 38 games. You should be in the playoffs. I'm sorry, yeah. like, you should have a playoff spot. There's no excuse. And, like, the excuse is that they can't score. I'm just, like, I just brought up their lines. First line, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, and Anthony Bavillier. Those are good players, but your first line? They have great. 91 less goals than the Leafs this season. They have second over line. 110 less goals than the Panthers this season. Their second line, Zach Prize, Matt Barzal, and Kiefer Bellows. Parise got put on waivers by the New Jersey Devils last year. <laughs> like, like, put that into perspective. Anyways, I really I just wanted that 11 goals few little on minutes to talk shit about the Islanders. I just, just I know I have one fan that's going to hear that. They don't. That team is old. They, they can't skate. They can defend. And they're like, boring to watch. They're so and but again, and like most boring, of all, being boring, boring wins hockey, right? Like that's how you win games. Yeah, but yeah. it's boring. They can't score. That team's done. I don't know. I, I, it's it's such an interesting position too, because like, what do you do moving forward? Like, I'm just thinking of the young guys that they've got on the team, right? Obviously, there's Barzal, Kiefer Bellows, though he's not going to be that top six player most likely. You know, he feels more middle six. Um, Anthony Bavillier again, like that's a guy I like a lot, but I don't think of him really as a strong, strong top six option. Like I look at him as like an average second liner at mm-hmm. best. And after that, Oliver Wallstrom, I like a lot, but he's getting older. And, you know, I used to think there was 30 goal potential there. I don't know if it still is. Noah Dobson, I really like. I think that's a guy who's going to be a number one defenseman in the NHL. I mean, we're spending too much time talking about the fucking Islanders. Just the <laughs> Islanders, they're going to suck. <laughs> Fuck I don't know. It's just, I think they'd be in a stronger position if they had a point-per-game center. Yeah, they would. If they only had a captain of Toronto's caliber. Yeah, he's pretty good. But he's all right. that's he, enough on the Islanders. That's enough. And one thing that Kai texted me, he wanted us, he actually just got out of the conference right now, texted me, make sure that we get this on camera for the podcast episode two. Brayden, mm-hmm. we were talking pre-show mm-hmm. about a potential trade offer mm-hmm. where we would see McDavid mm-hmm. land on the Canucks. Viewers, please, listeners, please follow along. Brayden says no to the following trade offer. The Vancouver Canucks send Elias Patterson, Hoglander, Pod Colson and Rathbone. Who's Rathbone? Who's Paul Colson? No, doesn't matter. They're not good. Peterson, Hogmanner, Paul Colson, Rathbone, and three firsts for McDavid and Bouchard. From a Vancouver fan, that is a no. Explain to us, Braden, why having McDavid and Bouchard on the Canucks is not worth giving up three firsts, PD, and three players that most of our listeners have never heard of before. Okay. McDavid's <laughs> the best player in the world. Yes. I think Behind Bouchard, Matthews, second best player in the world. I think yes. Bouchard is a strong top four defenseman. He's a right shot. Okay, so we do agree on this. Okay. <laughs> you save nothing on cap. You don't. And cap, That's true. cap is king. Cap space is king. McDavid does cost a lot. Okay. So now you have no cap space, right? You lose some cap space. Sure. We currently have no cap space, and that turns into again more like less cap space, or like let's say it washes. I don't know. I, I haven't done the exact numbers, but I know it's good. Let's be say you lose whatever. money this way. For the sake of argument. Yeah. Right now, you that adds money. Um, not only that, but you lose two uh, wingers that are going to be top six wingers of the future for you. 
Hoglander and Fitkolzin. Yeah, Hoglander's nasty. That kid is unreal. He's going to hit the Michigan any day now, and he's going to be the best to ever do it in the NHL when he does. You know, that guy's got 60-point potential. Do I think he hits 60 points consistently in his career? No, I think he's going to be a 40 to 55 guy. Um, probably the so we're trading away a 40 or 55 guy. Elias Patterson, who's pretty good, a superstar in his own right. Pod Colson's the 10th overall pick. Kid is absolutely insane defensively. The last couple games, he's been an absolute monster. All the guys on the team already have said he has the best shot on our team. The kid's 19. He's got the best shot, or 20, sorry. He's got the best shot on the Vancouver Canucks. Absolute rocket off the stick. Four checks, but like a bastard. Amazingly defensive. Like, that guy's gonna be a light. Like, he, in his draft year, he was described as light, like Mark Stone light. And that's what he's been looking like so far, especially on the defensive side of the stick. He's starting to figure out the offensive side of things in the NHL. That's going to be a top six winger for you for the rest. Like, okay. it's just, I don't know. You know who's a strong comparable for him? It's like Zach Hyman. Right. That's a 60 point player. Okay. And throw along three firsts. That is too much for McDavid and Bouchard. So we have a team now, if we do this, right? I'm, when I say we have a team, I'm talking about the Vancouver Canucks. And we are doing yep. this. In this scenario, we have a team who already has one of the worst prospect pools in the NHL. Yes. No cap space. Right. Uh, you know, that, that kind of sums it up right there. A team that and doesn't have a lot of prospects or cap space gives up and prospects. No NHL and cap space for I call them prospects, but it's like you're giving up two players that are actually projected to be in your lineup for the future who are young. Okay, they're gone. Um, and then your three firsts, a bad team's firsts, they're gone. How do you build? Right, now you have Stuart, explain no to him why he's wrong. Jeez. Let me, no, listen to the lines then after this. Listen to who you have in the okay. You have McDavid. It's pretty good. You have JT Miller. Let's assume everyone likes stays. You have JT Miller. You have Bo Horvat. You have Connor Garland. You have Brock Besser. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Did you just name the Western All-Stars or did you just, what'd you just do there? <laughs> oh, yeah, because you're, you're going to really win with your bottom six of Matthew Highmore, Alex Chazon, and uh, Yuho Lamico. You're acting like free agency doesn't exist. Like every single year, we, you have I'll no do this. You have no cap space. Who? Who? Really? Michael Bunting makes 900K a year and he's about to win the Calder. He's playing. Could you not try to get rid of Beckman well, Larson? You can't rely on a team every year consistently to come up with five different guys that are going to make $950,000 a year and put up 60 points. Like, if that's your thing, you're, there's a recipe for disaster. You should not be in an NHL GM. But aren't they looking for only like third and fourth line in this scenario? Like, they're not looking for yeah. 60 point guys for 900K. Exactly. They're then. looking like, for guys that don't get scored no. on. But then you have no defense. You, you still have no defense and you have no movable assets because you have too much money buried. You have Jason Dickinson who has to play on your team because Jimbo signed into a three by three. He has like nine points this year. He has more than nine points, but he's not been good. Right. Right. But you have, so you have nothing. Look at the fence. You have OEL for the next eight years. You have Tyler Myers for the next four. You can try to trade OEL. Trade those guys. Do something with them. He's got no the trade. Control, I mean, and he may, who's going to take a garbage defenseman making that much money? He has 20 points this year. Like he's not a good defenseman anymore. He's a number four right now. Oh, that's so bad. Like, he's top for defenseman right now, for sure. But he's, like, a number four on that team. So, Brayden, is the trade... He can't turn. Is that trade close, like, at all? Like, is it, like, if it's only two firsts, are you then saying yes? Or you still think it's just really far off from the Canucks' views? So, here's the thing. Do I think the value is there? Like, yeah. Like, I, I do. I don't have an issue with the value. Um, to me, it's a victim circumstance where it's just... it doesn't make sense for where the teams are at in their competitive life cycle and for their, where their cap is at, where like it would make sense to do it. Right. But like, won't you regret that years and years later when you're like, we could have built this team around McDavid instead of watching him win a Stanley cup for some other team. Like it's McDavid, like, Yes, and yes no. you're gonna like, be. Do I think that you can figure it out with Mc, Mc, like figure it out with McDavid? Yeah, like it's still McDavid. You're gonna figure it out, but it sets you back further down the road. And like, I get. I guess here's the main thing: is that uh, do I think it sets you further back down the road than just keeping the current course, moving out the bad assets you can, keeping your picks, and just bringing in more talent that way? No, like you can win a cup with Elias Pettersson as your number one center. 
Okay. So you'd that, rather them just to me. stay course and try to be a good hockey team and build around what they have than go out and make a core around McDavid. I think that you are closer along your competitive course to winning a Stanley Cup without making that trade than you are with making that trade. Fair enough. Stuart, what do you think? Do you agree with that or no? I don't know enough about those prospects like Pod Colson and Rathbone. Rathbone's going to be a Three top first, obviously. Is three first is a lot, but I mean, it's also just McDavid. Like, he'll put up unreal numbers Rathbone on to whatever me, team he plays for. I feel like he's going to be like that prime Christian Airhoff for the Canucks, <laughs> like that 40 point defenseman. <laughs> that prime Christian Airhoff. Dude, that guy was he nasty just, for the Canucks. You sound like me talking about Sean Dursey before we traded him. I know. That's the, the thing is, like, I remember, great. like, I remember the, like, when I was first really getting deep into hockey and being excited about like Ronald Kennans is playing for the Canucks. Like that guy's going to be Bull Horvath's lineman. Exactly. That guy's going to be Bull Horvath's lineman is the Latvian legend, uh, Ronald Kennans. I think he played like 12 games or something like that. Yeah. He was on Horvath's wing on the fourth line. I was like, these guys going to be together forever. Like I remember playing like NHL, like 13, like throwing them together on the lines. Like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> and like Kennans hasn't played in the NHL since like he's gone. Like, there's been so many players where I was like, this guy was so excited. Hunter Shinkarek, I still don't know how that guy didn't make it. Like, he should have made the NHL. But Ole Alevi, the list goes on and on. And now I'm, I become so jaded. Like, I remember being in grade 10, being like, I think this is the draft. We get guys in this draft, and then the Canucks will be like, we rebuild the team. And here we and are. Being like, oh, we need like six drafts in order to get like even anything remotely close. Like, it takes time. It takes, yeah. It's not fun to watch a rebuilding team like that. No, and that's and... why I think you just trade for McDavid and then you don't have to worry about it because you have McDavid and then you don't rebuild ever. Um, all right. Well, I, we're getting close to the end. There's one segment before our favorite segment, Brains Love Corner, I'd like to introduce. And it's the loose change betting segment. It doesn't have a sponsor yet because we're, again, have Kai at the conference. He's working with so many different millionaires, billionaires, who likes the works. But we're introducing the betting segment today. No sponsor, just sponsored by my winning picks. We're going to do futures this um, week. Um, gamble, gamble responsibly. Thank you. Yes, forgot that. Everyone gamble responsibly. And it would be the responsible thing for you to do. Download Bet365, go over to the NHL odd boost section. The Colorado Avalanche, who are the favorites to win the Stanley Cup? Not sure if you've heard about them plus 450 to win the Stanley Cup. Put $100 on that, you have $450 in a few months from now. You're welcome. That's the betting segment. No, that's not all. I have that bet. I also have the Blue Jays from plus 750 to plus 1500, boosted on the Score app. Download the Score app and put $20 on that to win 300 on the Blue Jays to win the championship. Sounds like something they were going to do. Also, we have Vladdy to win the MVP. You guys are Blue Jays fans. Do you guys know how many home runs this guy already has this year? Five. Five. Six. Six. Five. He has 19 or something, I'm pretty sure. Somewhere is five or 19 or something. Someone like check that. that. Someone check the stats. I have producer John on that, checking the stats right now in the back. Vladdy AL MVP. Yeah, that's five home runs. Okay, five home runs. I'm not sure where I heard 19 from. Plus 350. Do you know younger than the, uh, the number one ranked prospect right now? Is he? So the Jays' Wait, best player in the MLB is younger than the number one prospect? Like the like draft already drafted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. That's hard to think about. That's confusing to to hear. He's only twenty three. Like it's insane. it's insane how good he is. Ah, he's so young. <laughs> so young, and that's why you have to get it now. Because in the future years, he'll be like minus five hundred to win the MVP. You can get it at plus money right now. Do it while you're at it. Go to the Cy Young section. Alec Manoa. This guy is a monster. Really? Sixteen hundred to win the Cy Young. This guy's a K machine. Last year was Robbie Ray. This year is Manoa. Man, you see Robbie Ray's stats so far this year? Insane. No, not very good. Like, where'd they all go? I guess he just wants to be in a Blue Jays uniform. So, so 
those are my sports bets. I think you should do that. I don't really know about the political side of it. Granted, this is a non-political podcast, but these are good bets, I think, just to throw as long shots. The 2024 U.S. presidential election. We have Dwayne The Rock Johnson at a plus 5,000. And I know you're thinking, Tyler, why is it not plus 200, plus 300? I don't know either. This guy is clearly one of the favorites to win. He's been campaigning since he was in the WWE ring. He's going to be the most electrifying politician in all of U.S. government history. And I have him at plus 5,000 to be the U.S. president. And I also did put a little sprinkle on Oprah Winfrey at plus 12,000. You actually bet The Rock at plus 5,000? I did. Yes, $100 Respect. wins $5,000. Respect. Some people choose to put their money in Wealth Simple. I choose to put it my money in locks. <laughs> like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I get that. Bingo. So that is the betting segment. Just to run it over, pick the Blue Jays to win. Go to the score to get it boosted. Pick the abs to win the cup. Go to bet365 to get boosted. And then pick Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Oprah Winfrey to become the president in 2024. It's a long future, but you just wait. You'll be clipping this podcast episode two and be like, holy shit, did this guy nail this? You're welcome. That's the betting segment. Also, Vladdy and Manoa, get on it. I can't wait for The Rock and Oprah to be co-presidents. I think I might have a parlay on that as well. I'm not sure what it pays out. Anyways, that's the betting segment presented by... Geico. On to the segment we've all been waiting for. Some of you skipped right to the end just to get here. It's Brain's Love Corner, where we take a trip down Brain's Love Lane, learn about how he's been doing in his love life. Brayden, how have you been doing? Have you Not hit great. the bars this year, this week? No, or? we're feeling a little bit lonely this week. Um, the lack of oh. women well, in my maybe. life uh, coming back as always. Um, no, I just figured out boring. Like, oh my god! Like, you know, when you go back home, like to your hometown. I've I've recently moved across the country. Um, you know, when you go back home, and it's like, oh man, like it's only people from high school. Like, this is terrible. Like, I'm never finding love. Um, we're very much in that state of mind right now. Every girl Um, you've seen before. Not even. I don't know. It just like oh, like I, I can't. Uh, to begin with, like, Osh was just terrible for dates. Like, you know, like, like okay, it's like, Tyler, we went to school in Ottawa. Like, Ottawa, Ontario. Ottawa is a good place for dates. There of Ottawa, Ontario. There's so many good, like, different places to go on dates. Sure. Right? There's a fantastic selection of bars. There's a lot of cool little bars you can go to, right? Well, niche there's places. A, you know, in the summer, there's, like, on Majors Hill Park, you know, up there by our beautiful nation's capital. You could take uh, a 40-minute cab ride down to Kanata, catch a sense mm-hmm. game. You, you could do that, but there's a lot of cool different bars, I guess is my point, right? Like, sure. um, there's yeah. one I remember I went on the Waverly, like really nice, cool little bar, like, oh, it's a good date, you know? Um, stuff like that. Oshawa, there's like nothing. There are there are no cool bars to go to. Like, it is quite literally like some greasy little bar downtown Oshawa. Like, the, oh, like the fart or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called, uh, well, there's Riley's. Which is a pool bar. I would never take a, a first date at Riley's. Good God, no. Like, for the record, I do think drinks are the best first date, right? Like, you want a cool little, like, classy place. Like, Victoria, I went to the same bar for every first date. It's called Barton Banker. Everyone knows it if you've, like, been there. It's this old, like, old, old, old bank that got converted into a bar. So it's, you know, these huge high-vaulted ceilings, like, the gold-plated railings, like, beautiful place. Like, absolutely stunning buildings. Like, it's cool. It's a cool date scene. And, like, none of that here so a your options i find are just limited and then b like fuck dude like i'm back living with my family of course like i'm hey i'm saving on rent yeah, it's like, tough to bring a girl home that yeah way. yeah um of course you have to meet someone to bring home in the first place which is our uh, our biggest insurmountable um line so uh we redownloaded the hinge this week i was gonna say we're swiping again yeah, it's just, it's just, here's my problem is that I'm really not self-absorbed, so I don't have any pictures of me. And uh, as as some of you may know, Hinge requires six. You need six pictures. A little humble brag. I'm not that Dude, I'm going back to like pictures humble. of me in like seven, 2017. Like, right. 
because I don't take pictures of myself or like if I do it's like me stance like right up like looking like an idiot like <laughs> I don't know I, I want to make my Instagram stupid not acceptable pictures yeah okay yeah and like that's the thing too is I don't have a wide variety like you need to have pictures too where like you're doing stuff right like they hand all these selfies I don't have any selfies on it it's like, crazy how off. much you need on a profile to get a like, good swipe well yeah you gotta have pictures with people right of you doing stuff and it's like I don't take pictures of me doing stuff because like I'm doing stuff I'm not taking <laughs> pictures like I'm doing stuff if I'm golfing like I'm golfing <laughs> right like i'm playing hockey like you're not passing the phone to a buddy be like yo please take a picture for me i need to have you'll get a sick shot of me on my backswing here it's gonna look electric like no i'm ripping it 250 into the woods (laughs) (laughs) right so yeah it's stuff like that where it's just like oh rough like and you don't want to be that guy who's like hey can you get a picture of me real quick yeah and then like of course the easy one is like get a picture of the boys like when you're doing some stuff but you don't want your action pics to just be like oh he's drinking with the boys again he's drinking with the boys again so it's like i know i'm gonna have to bite the bullet and just like get some nice little dirty action shots but like not looking forward to having to pop that cute to somebody someone yeah it's not a green screen that's a good idea like that would be a legit if you have six different green screen photos as your profile pictures i can see that being a com- a comedic bit well, there. You they, so they added out. voice prompts to it where you could add a voice prompt and I I just got rid of it because like I was getting no matches with it. I was like people maybe people don't think it's as funny as I think it is. I thought it was really funny. What was your what was your voice prompt? Um the question was uh, my love languages because you know they asked for a prompt. And then uh you ever watch the wild thornberries? No. Okay, it was an old Nickelodeon show. And there's this kid on it. You'd recognize the sound. He was like, Yeah, but it like the kid was just screaming. So, um, where's my phone? I'll see if I can play it, actually. It's electric. I love it. <laughs> so, you have this audio prompt, and it got zero matches, so you took it off. But this uh, We're at was? two matches. Thank you very much. I'm on the phone. Yeah, don't worry. We can cut this. We're keeping that in. That has to stay in. I was going to cut it, but then now I don't know what's going on. For those just... that aren't watching on our like YouTube and Patreon, <laughs> he is currently cut that. And... Cut that. Okay, we're cutting this. Yeah, we're cutting that. Um, Can right. we you jump can... in with us saying we're cutting that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You could do that, but um, I just had some ladies like really wanting to talk to me. I just had to get rid of them. So, um, yeah, it was like all oh, my love languages, and I had this. Oh, that's an ad. No free ads. No free ads. In the What's up with YouTube and the ads? Eh? Okay, here we go. Okay, yeah, I recognize that. Yeah, so I had that, and then it was me going, oh, wait, sorry. Um, uh, it's physical touch. I'm on the I think I think that's awesome. And that was Brain's Love Corner, everybody. Thank you so no, much wait, for tuning we'll in to episode we'll two. I got more I got to talk about. Anyways, I don't know, know how to cut this at this point, man. I know. Just leave it and screw it. No free ads. <laughs> I'm going to have a sign on my door. Recording in session. Um, anyhow, point is, leave, uh, we'll leave all of it. We don't care. Maybe cut some of it. This is a bad part. Anyhow, so uh, let me know in the comments if I should bring that voice prompt back and that uh, I just have to wait till I find the one who's down for it. Uh, but we also had questions about my my aforementioned rule of uh, you only have to be better than one when discussing others in relationships. Yeah, so I heard some complaints. Apparently, in the last podcast, you went through this and we didn't really touch on it. So apparently, oh, I thought it was self-explanatory. Talking, okay, so you're talking to girls. They have one boyfriend. And because they have one boyfriend, you only need to be better than one guy. I want to be very clear because I don't believe in plagiarism and I believe in giving due credit. I do not come up with this. This is not my original idea. It was a guy I used to work with. So when I was younger, I worked construction. I still work construction because, you know, I, I like some money on the side and I get ripped. Um, there was a guy I used to work with and his whole thing was exactly that. You only have to be better. Like he told us, he's like, oh, I got this crush on a girl. Like, oh, like, oh, she's so beautiful. And I'm like, why don't you ask her out? And he's like, she has a boyfriend. I'm like, bro, like, I'm not going to name his name, but I'm like, what are you doing? Like, and he goes, uh, no, it's good. Cause I only have to be better than him. She's single. I have to be better than every single other guy in the market. She's in a relationship. But I only have to be better than one guy. And by God, did he 
like whether oh he was successful like he ended up dating this girl like within like within a month he was better than the one guy so i I went you know 14 year old me went by god is he on to something this may be the most intelligent man i've ever met in my life this guy might be i remember that mentality he might be professor of logic i don't know he only he owns a doghouse i'll tell you that but I uh, have I have I used this successfully? No, not not at all. Does it? <laughs> I mean, it only needs yeah, to be successful yeah. once. Only needs to be successful once. And you're, if you're, around, you're only you're looking around. for one wife, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking to to lay my roots. I'm looking to plant down, settle down. I wanna I wanna one more, and we're done. That's it. We'll pop a ring on that. Oh, one and done. But um, you know, thought we had the one. Turns out it wasn't. We keep mo- looking. Right on. Well, I think that does it for episode two. Um, thanks everybody for tuning into the Loose Change podcast. Brayden, do the sign off. Thank you again for signing into the Loose Change podcast. If you have any loose change in your own pockets, please feel free. Donate. Send us your money. Send us bills. Send us checks. We take mail order, not mail order brides, but we'll take whatever we can get. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. All right, unfortunately, I can't cut that, so we're just going to roll.